Amen. Excited about the cure. Just look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is the cure. Tell them again. Tell your other neighbor, Jesus is the cure. He's an awesome God. And he loves you today. Amen. What a time we had last Sunday. Day of red. Um, my goodness, God came and, and did some amazing things. And uh, you probably got the email this week where I just said thank you. But let me just publicly say thank you to all of you who were involved on some level. You just gave of yourself tirelessly. And I just want to say I was so proud. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you were involved at all in the Day of Red, behind the scenes, before, after, tearing down, putting things up, just stand up. We, would, we just want to say thanks. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes a great team, and, and we have that here at the Power Place. I'm so glad to be a part of it. And if everybody does their part, we all win, right? Amen. Two services is, is taking everybody doing their part, and I just want to say thank you to those of you who are serving every, every week and, and various services. Uh, last, last Sunday, Day of Red, the, the filming was, was off the chain, and I uh, just want to say thank you to Elijah and Landon. They just worked so tirelessly. They didn't get much sleep the last several months, and, uh, but God, God used it, and, and some of you gave of, of your talents and abilities. I want to thank Sarah Norcott. Is she here this morning? We wore her out. She's done. She's like, okay. She's, she was the screenwriter and, and wrote the uh, entire script, and God, God just poured through her. Uh, I was blown away at some of the words she came up with. If you don't know who she was, she was the Australian newscaster in it. And she's not Australian, okay? But wow, what a sick accent she, she had there. I loved it. And uh, Stan and Isaac Wojcik, where are you guys at? They took off, yeah. They were here for first service, and, and uh, Stan played bass this morning. What a gift. Uh, so many others. I, if I start naming names, I'll be in trouble. And I started naming names, so I'm probably in trouble. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God was glorified, and, and big days ahead. If you want to be involved on any level, just let us know, and, and uh, we'll keep you in the loop of what's coming up next. Love being a part of this church. Love the family of God that he's putting together. Um, we, this is not new news necessarily, but some of you may not know, uh, beginning not this week, but the next week, we're going to be remodeling the women's bathrooms. So, ladies, we've seen your pain. And can I just say, over these last six years of being in this facility, not one woman has ever complained that I know of. I've not heard one complaint about the long lines and can't get in them. But, but listen, 
uh, we have seen, and, and we're, all the guys have gotten together. We've got a construction team that are going to tear those two potties out. We're going to give you four toilets. Come on, somebody ought to get excited about that. So if, if they're going to start on, on Monday, April 11th. So if you want to be involved in that, let us know. And uh, Matt Doughton and Bob Wilkinson will be heading up the crew there. So just let us know if you want to be involved. You have skills. We could use your skills. All right? Got plumbing skills or whatever you need. We need all that because it's all coming out and it's all starting over again. So, uh, so that, guys, that means not next Sunday, but the next Sunday, y'all are outside because the ladies are taking over your bathroom until it all gets taken care of. Ladies, don't use the urinals, okay? Just, maybe you can. I don't know. I don't know how that, yeah. So, <laughs> didn't need to say that, did I? I see. I see the eyes from the back of the room just, <clears throat> yeah. But we'll have some porta potties for you guys, and hopefully the weather will cooperate and they won't blow over like today, right? We're getting it together because, man, the power went out after first service. I mean, we just had a powerful service, but I don't think we did that. But um, anyway, exciting days ahead. And two services, so we have more space to invite more people. First service was pretty crowded, and uh, just want to give you the opportunity to invite your friends, your neighbors, your enemies, whoever is involved in your life. Bring them for a life-changing experience in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Well, a group of seniors were sitting around talking about all their ailments at a coffee shop. My arms have gotten so weak I can hardly lift this cup of coffee, said one. Yeah, I know, said another. My cataracts are so bad I can't even see my coffee. I couldn't even mark an X at election time because my hands are so crippled, volunteered a third. What? Speak up. Well, huh? I can't hear you, said one elderly lady. Oh, I can't turn my head because of the arthritis in my neck, said one, to which several nodded weakly in agreement. My blood pressure pills make me so dizzy, said another. I forget where I am and where I'm going. I guess that's the price we pay for getting old, winced an old man as he slowly shook his head. The others all nodded in agreement. Well, count your blessings, said a woman, cheerfully. Thank God we can all still drive. <laughs> yeah. when, uh, when we were on the road, we traveled in a fifth wheel. We'd pull into some RV parks every once in a while. And it was interesting to me that the old, oldest people on the planet have the largest vehicles on the planet. <laughs> like, this is a little scary. <clears throat> The cure. You ever been in a situation so desperate that you'd do anything for an answer? I mean, all of us, I believe, have been there at some point in our lives where we're in a situation or we've experienced something and, and we get to the point of desperation where we say, I'd do anything, I'd pay anything, I'd go anywhere to get any kind of an answer. It seems like all the pieces are broken apart and scattered and shattered and how do I put things back together? Is there any hope? And sometimes it feels like there's no hope. I mean, it could have been a job loss. 
could be a, a marriage that's on the rocks and shambles and or relationships that are broken or financial devastation that comes your way. Or maybe it's a sickness or disease or maybe it's abuse from the past and you, you're wondering how can, how can there be any cure for this? Your life seems to be off track. You wonder, can this sickness ever end? Will this disease ever go away? Is there a cure? And I know I've been there. I've been there multiple times in my life. But the good news for me is I know where to turn. And I hope by the end of today that you will absolutely know where to turn for a cure in your life as well. In Luke chapter 8, verse 40, it says, On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. And you know there's a welcoming spirit when you've been waiting for someone. They were waiting for Jesus because they had been around. They'd heard of him. Some of them had heard him. Others had experienced his miraculous power, and they had been waiting on him, and so they welcomed Jesus. Can I just say that Jesus never forces himself on anyone. He waits for an invitation. Don't walk out of here today without inviting Jesus into your circumstances, without inviting him into your situation. And they'd been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. He was begging him to come. Why? His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. I mean, this is a desperate situation. And Jairus knew there's only one I can go to. There's only one who has the answer to this situation. And he knew it was Jesus. And then the next verse says, as Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. Jesus will come if you'll invite him in. He'll come, and where he comes, anything good can happen. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no, no cure. She'd suffered for 12 years constantly bleeding. She could find no cure. The Greek word for cure there is therapool, to heal, to cure, to restore, to health. She'd searched, she'd done everything she could, but she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. She didn't even get a good hold on his robe. She just got the fringe Immediately, somebody say immediately. Immediately. <laughs> immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, really? Who touched you? 
this whole crowd is pressing up against you. I mean, Peter's like rebuking him. Really, Lord? Come on, seriously? There's, There's hundreds, thousands of people around you. Everybody's pressing in. Who touched you? You're really going to ask that question? But notice Jesus' response. He said, someone deliberately touched me. Someone didn't just bump up against me. Someone didn't just graze my shoulder. Someone deliberately reached out and grabbed a hold of me. Someone was desperate. Somebody needed a cure. Somebody knew that I was the answer, and so they went fearlessly and deliberately touched me. For I felt healing power go out from me. And when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. And the whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him, that she had been immediately healed. You ever been to a point where you, you really don't want to be recognized? You don't want anybody to know what's going on in your life. And so you're just cr- trying to crawl through so nobody really sees. Jesus called her out and he said, Woman, you did something special. You deliberately pulled something out of me, God of the universe. Hallelujah. She began to tremble, fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, daughter, you're part of my family. Daughter, come on now. (laughs) Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. That word peace is shalom. It's wholeness. It's completeness. Go and be made completely whole. In the Gospel of Mark, Mark records a bit more of the story. Mark chapter 5, verse 26, Mark writes this. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. I mean, I I don't know where you're at today, but I do know sometimes we go after things that we think are going to cure us. We're we're going hard after. We're paying good money. We're, We're giving everything we've got to see something change, something happen, some kind of miracle take place. I need to know I can be well. And yet... Instead of getting any better, she got worse. And it just kept going downhill from there. When she heard about Jesus, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. If I can just touch something that touches him, I know something's going to take place. I know I'm going to be made whole. Sometimes you got to lay your dignity aside. You got to get to a point of desperation. Say, you know what? It doesn't matter what anybody thinks. Some of you may be wondering about people in this church. Why do they act like that? 
Why are they screaming out like that? Why, why do they fall on their knees in front of Jesus? Why? I mean, look, some of you have been through more than 12 years of stuff. And you're thinking, is there any cure? And you're willing to crawl on your hands and knees to find something, someone to help. I mean, you're willing to spend all that you have to get some relief. You don't know what people have been through. You don't know their story. You don't know the depths they'll go to find a cure. You don't know the reason they shout and dance in this place. You have no idea where they've been, what they've been suffering, how long it's been, 12 years constantly bleeding. You're wondering, can I ever have strength again? And all of a sudden, you find yourself strong and you're wondering, wow, why did I wait so long to get so desperate? Why didn't I find the cure earlier? Some of you, that's your story today. Hallelujah. You may think something's wrong with them, but they're just desperate for a cure. She came up behind Jesus. She didn't even approach him correctly. She snuck up on him. <laughs> but when you sneak up on Jesus, he knows you're there. He feels that deliberate touch. She reached out and touched something that was touching him, hoping and believing for something, for anything to happen. When you've been to the depths of despair, it comes a point where you don't care who's watching. You don't care what anybody else thinks. You just say, you know what? If I can just press through, I know something's going to change. If I can just push my way through, I know there will be a miracle waiting for me. She heard about Jesus, and then she said to herself, if I can just touch even the hem of his robe, I know I will be be healed. And so she reached out in faith and touched him. She deliberately touched him. It wasn't an accident. She deliberately touched him. There's an old song that says, reach out and touch the Lord as he goes by. You find he's not too busy. He'll answer your cry. He's passing by this moment. Your needs he'll supply. Reach out and touch the Lord as he walks by. And that's what you got to do. You got to deliberately reach out and touch him. Go for it. Don't let anybody keep you out. Don't let anybody in the crowd pull you back. I'm desperate. I need a cure. And I know Jesus is the one who is the cure.
But I got to tell you, I, I like it when I feel the Lord. I'll be real honest. I, I love it when I get the chill bumps. You know what I'm talking about? First service, we were singing one of the songs, Grace Like a Wave Comes Crashing Over Me. And I just, man, I'm, I was like, <laughs> I, love, I love to feel it. Second service, I didn't feel it. <laughs> what is that, right? First service, I love you. This is amazing. I just love being in your presence. And second service, I'm like, what's power outage and I don't know. And, and yet the reality is, even if you don't feel him, he's still there. It's not just about feeling his presence. It's, we've got to deliberately reach out in faith. That's what she did. She, by faith, reached out and touched him. Alicia Sholey reminds us, faith is believing that God is with us and that God is for us regardless of what we do or do not feel. Amen. Our feelings do not create his presence and our greatest shout does not thicken his presence. Our greatest doubt cannot thin his presence. So she says, feel nothing or see stars. Spend years in a spiritual dark night like Mother Teresa whose journey took her through some 50 to 60 years of not sensing God or spend 60 minutes lost in love and worship. His love for you changes not. He's with you. God is with you. And she says to us, may we align every thought with this glorious and grace-saturated reality. God is with us. No matter if I feel it or not, the psalmist David wrote in Psalm 139, you've searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Some of you need to hear that today. You've been looking at yourself going, I'm a mess. God says you're wonderful. 
You are wonderful. Say it with me. I am wonderful. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you're wonderful. God says you are wonderful. The enemy's going to lie to you and tell you you ain't nothing, but God says you're wonderful. He says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. <coughs> you may say, I don't look like everybody else. Praise God you don't. Have a look around. You're one of a kind. You're unique, designed by God. Only you have that DNA. Come on. He made you. He created you fearfully and wonderfully. David said, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made your works, and I'm part of his works. Your works are wonderful. Come on. Get that in your spirit today. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. You ever try to count the grains of sand? Don't try. You'll die trying. And he's not talking just about the grains of sand on the shore. He's talking about the grains of sand in the entire earth. Were I to count every grain of sand, your thoughts to me are beyond that. God is thinking billions, trillions, gazillions, millions of thoughts about you, and they're all wonderful. God loves you. Tell your neighbor that. Remind them. God loves you. God's in a good mood. He's all about you. He's got good things for you. Reach out and touch him today. Hallelujah. Alicia reminds us faith is believing that God is with us and that God is for us, regardless of what we do or do not feel. Our feelings do not create his presence. Our greatest shout does not thicken his presence. Our greatest doubt cannot thin his presence. So, feel nothing or see stars. Spend years in a spiritual dark night like Mother Teresa, whose journey took her through some 50 to 60 years of not sensing God. Or spend 60 minutes lost in love and worship. His love for you changes not. He is with you. God is with you. May we align every thought with this glorious and grace-saturated reality. God is with us. God is for us. Where do we get this confidence? In the Word of God. His Word is truth. God is true, though every man may be a liar. His Word is true. You can bank on it. You can count on it. But you need to read it. You need to get it in your spirit. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Saturate your life in the Word of God. Speak the Word of God. Speak it over you. Pray it. Because what happens when you begin to believe what God's Word says? You move to a whole nother level. You move to a place in God where you start thinking on the same level that God's thinking on. And that's a high place. He's got great things for you. Reach out and touch the Lord. You can trust the truth of the Word of God, the Word of the living God. He's alive and well. 
We need the Word of God in our lives. <coughs> Kenny Roberts, a guy I played basketball with in college, he was a bass player in, in our band. And his wife, Debbie, who wasn't his wife at the time, but she was in our band. She was our singer, one of our singers, and she played violin. They got married. And for 25 years, uh, they ministered together. And, and he sent me his book just recently. And they were married for 25 years, and then one morning, things things began to shift in a way that didn't make any sense. It was one of those normal mornings where you think, I'll say goodbye, I'll see you tonight, and we'll just keep going on with life. On the way to work, Debbie had an aneurysm in her brain, and it knocked her out to the point where she went through a red light, was hit from the side. She wasn't immediately killed, but she died about four days later. And Kenny writes about his experience and how, how do you make it through when life just really stinks and it doesn't seem like you'll ever make it to the other side. You need a cure. Here's what he writes. He says, who we choose to rely on during difficult times along our journey sets the foundation, becomes the central compass from which we navigate through all of life. We can trust in ourselves, trust in others, or trust in God. These are the three options available to us, but ultimately we're all forced to choose one. Like the foundations of a Manhattan skyscraper, getting this issue right from the start has huge implications. And then he makes a statement, and it just jumped out at me. He said, People make wonderful relationships, but they make terrible gods. And you know that. And yet sometimes we put our trust in people and we're thinking, if I could just, yeah, that's, that's going to make everything fine. And then we get let down. We realize people make terrible gods. And then we think, I can handle everything, right? Because I can trust me. But let me just tell you, someday you are going to let yourself down. There's going to come a point where you can't even rely on yourself. People will eventually fail you. You'll eventually fail you. No one, nothing can take the place of God. He is the cure for all that we face. You got to have that kind of foundation that's unshakable when life throws its best punch at you. Last Sunday, we celebrated the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus. And on the cross, Jesus' last word was teleo. Another form of tetelestai. It's the same word as asa in the Hebrew. And it means to complete something. It also means to create, and it means to make war or avenge. And when Jesus shouted out, it is finished, in Greek, it meant the debt 
is paid in full. I have avenged and made war. Come forth, new creation. Hallelujah. He said all of that. He, he said on the cross, he, he said this to, to mankind. It's all wrapped up in one word, saw. It's finished. It has been taken care of. Everything has been taken care of. I just got to say, somebody here needs to declare along with Jesus today. It's finished. It's over. It's been paid in full. Jesus waged war and avenged, and I'm coming forth as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He is the cure, and I'm reaching out deliberately by faith today, and I'm going to touch him. I will be made whole. Glory to God. I asked the band to do this song, and I... Grace like a wave comes crashing over me. I've been listening to it for weeks, and, and every time I hear it, I just I get this picture of, of the waves. I, I'm from Kansas. We don't have any waves in Kansas. I mean, we have lakes. There's some lakes, but if you're going to get a wave on the lake, you're probably going to have to create it or get some really strong wind, right? We had, we had one place not far from my house when I was growing up called uh, Sandy Beach. <laughs> it was a dugout sand pit, and uh, it was nasty. I mean, the water was always green. Everybody that went there got ear infections. and just, My parents never let us go because there were things floating everywhere. Nasty. I mean, when, I'm, when I talk about the beach and waves, you know, that's that kind of my background. And so when we started traveling on the road, Christy grew up here, and she, she knew about the shore. I used to call it the beach, but now I'm from here. So now I know it's the shore. We're going to the shore, right? <laughs> anyway... One of our favorite places to go when we were traveling was if we had a few days down south, we'd hit the beach and just, just enjoyed uh, the water, the waves, the, just the beauty of it all and the refreshing of, of just seeing waves just keep coming. Grace comes like a wave crashing over me. And, and I loved to learn. I didn't, didn't learn this when I was a kid because we didn't go to the beach. But I learned how to body surf. I got pretty good at it. I was good at it. Till one day, we were down in Panama Beach, Florida, and we were body surfing. It was a gorgeous day, but the waves were pretty gnarly. Dude. And uh, five, six foot waves, some, sometimes they'd be 10 foot. And I got really good at, at catching the wave at the right time and, and just riding it in all the way to the shore. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. I loved it. There's a, a rush of adrenaline that, that gets you know, like this, you know, going, going, going. 
my, yeah, made it all the way. And then I met a wave that grabbed me. I wasn't in the right position. And it took me, I, I got on top of it, but didn't time it quite right. And it took me and threw me down to the bottom of the ocean. Or gulf. I was at the gulf. It didn't matter, right? It's all the same. It's water. And there's hard stuff underneath. <laughs> when I came up, I was trapped for a little bit. When I came up, I couldn't breathe. I had broken several ribs. And I, I couldn't function. I'm like... <laughs> My kids are looking at me like, are you okay? Are you dying? What, what's going on? And finally they realized I was in trouble and they helped me walk out. That's not the kind of grace I'm talking about. <laughs> but I have this picture of the grace of God through this song that it just keeps coming. And you're thinking to yourself, I've, I've gone too far, I've done too much, I've been, been too bad, if I could just get better. If I, and, and yet God says, no, I'm just keep pouring the grace on. Grace like a wave. It's, it's amazing to me that the waves don't ever stop. They just keep coming. They just keep coming. They just keep covering you. And God's Grace, like a wave, will continue to crash over you, continue to wash you, continue to refresh you. The apostle Paul spoke this, and Luke wrote it down in Acts chapter 20, verse 32. He says, and now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those who he has set apart for himself. Hallelujah. He says, I'm entrusting you to God and the message of his grace. This grace is two-sided. This grace has the part where it's just unmerited favor. You can't work for it. You can't get good enough for it. You can't do enough. You can't do enough good works. You don't deserve it, and yet you get it. The only thing you can do is reach out and receive it deliberately. You reach out and receive God's grace that changes you, that gives you an inheritance that never fades away. That's grace, my friend. There's another side to this grace. And this side, it's about power to keep, power to strengthen Power to increase your faith. Power to build you up. I'm here to pump you up. Some of you are way too young for that. Hans and Franz. Just dated myself, didn't I? I don't deserve God's grace. Exactly. None of us do. I can't get good enough. I know. None of us can. But, but 
you don't understand how I've been. Yeah, but his grace just keeps coming like a wave crashing over you. Accept it. Get lost in it. Let him, let him cover you. Let him wash you. Let him purify you. And then let him give you strength, build you up, make you able to handle the next wave coming. Come on. So he says, I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. His grace will build you up. He'll give you an eternal inheritance that you don't deserve, but you get because he paid the price. <laughs> he paid the price in full. Debt paid in full. Done. Finished. It is finished. It's over. It's over. It's been paid in full. Jesus Christ waged war and avenged. And I'm coming forth as a new creation because he's calling me out by his grace. Not because I feel it or don't feel it, but because it's a fact. He's the cure. I'm reaching out deliberately by faith today and touching him. And I will be made whole. Stand with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Awesome God. Awesome God. Awesome God. We praise you today. Praise you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Awesome Jesus. Oh, Lord, we worship you in this place today because you are the cure. You are the one, Lord, who has set us free. Your grace is amazing. Your grace is a, a unbelievable. Lord, we, we have a hard time comprehending the grace of God that absolutely sets us free. It is by grace you've been saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by works, lest any of us boast. None of us have the ability to work our way into heaven. But Lord, your grace, your grace, your grace is amazing. 